purpose. Father, we thank you today for your word. May it bring forth much fruit in our lives as we endeavor to fulfill your kingdom purpose in the earth. And as we endeavor to find ourselves in a place in the coming days in this coming year in a new place of favor uh, with you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. We conclude our series, our holiday series, our Christmas series, our December series uh, this uh, morning that's been titled Finding the Father's Favor. And we've looked at the life of Mary uh, and looked at her life to see what it was about her that caused God to favor her so much. In fact, if you look in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, you'll discover that the angel, when he came to visit her, what did he say to her? He said, you're highly favored. Everyone say highly favored. Now that tells me a whole lot. Those two words, highly favored, tells me that there are different levels of favor that we can arrive at with God and and, and even man. Uh, That God looked down upon Mary. In fact, he said, you're highly favored above all the other women of the earth. And so something about Mary calls God to highly favor her. But then verse 30, the angel gives it a little different twist. He says this, he says, you found favor with God. Now that tells me a whole lot too. It tells me that the big idea, and this has been the big idea of our series. The big idea is this, the favor of God is never random. Sometimes we look at people and we think, well, how would God favor them the way he has? And we think that the favor of God is random. Well, let me stop and say many times we misidentify the favor of God. Just be, Hey, let me tell you something. If you got a lot of money, it doesn't mean uh, you're necessarily favored of God. We're not talking about tangible things at this moment. Those, those may come and they may be a part of the favor of God, but our finite understanding kind of equates favor with money, but that's really not what we're talking about today. It just may be a little part. In fact, if you think about Mary, what did the wise man bring her? Gold, bring the baby, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Hey, it came into play. Well, that was not the primary purpose. And we learned that the favor of God is not random. And we realized that there's something about Mary that caused God to favor her. And we realized as we studied the scripture that it really has to do with our heart condition. When God looks at our heart and he sees what's on the inside, the favor of God is made manifest in our life when, when our hearts are right with him or when the conditions are right. You see, some of us here may have heart conditions, physiological heart conditions that are detrimental. How many of you know from a spiritual standpoint, we can have the right heart conditions that put us in a place where God can highly favor us as well. We too can find the father's favor. And so we've looked at Mary's heart and realized that there are some things about her heart that just calls God. And these are biblical principles quickly. Let me go through because I don't have much time this morning. Mary's heart. Uh, she had a hearing heart. She was sensitive to the things of God. She heard the voice of God. In fact, that her interaction with the angel didn't seem to bother her a bit. It almost seems like Mary, that an angelic visitation was some of the thing normal for her. She was not afraid of Gabriel like, like uh, uh, Zacharias was. She was fearful of what he said, but she was not afraid of him. She was sensitive to the things of God. She was a woman of the word, as we learn. Number two, she had a humble heart. When the angel Gabriel showed up and declared that she was highly favored above all the women, that troubled her. 
Because she truly lived a humble lifestyle. She knew the word. She knew that the Bible taught that if you lift yourself up in pride, you will not be blessed. In fact, God resists the proud. And so she lived a humble life. And how many of you know that principle is true for us today? The Bible says, Peter said, if we humble ourselves before God, he'll do what? He'll he'll lift us up. And so Mary had a hearing heart. She had a humble heart. And we also realized that she had a holy heart. You know, her only question mark for the angel was, how can this be? Being as I don't know a man. Being as I've kept myself morally pure. Being as I've saved myself. And when you study the life of Mary, you'll find that she lived a real holy lifestyle and endeavored to walk with God and and, and do nothing that would uh, uh, undermine her relationship with God. And then last Sunday, we talked about Mary's hope-filled heart. Oh, I love that message because I love hope. How many of you know Jesus is the hope of the world? And we learned from Mary that the reason God entrusted her and endowed her with the hope of the world by the way of the Holy Spirit, the reason he did and the reason she was able to carry the hope of the world within her is because she already carried the hope of the world within her. It's the same way with us today. And this morning, I want to conclude this series, and I really believe today has the potential to really make a huge difference in your life, in your family, and in in your friends, and in this church. I want to talk to you today about Mary's helpful heart. Mary had a heart to help. You see, once she got clarity from the angel about how this was going to happen, Once she realized, when she said, how can this be, being as I don't know a man, the angel told her, of course, you know that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And once she got clarity on how, she said something phenomenal in in verse, oh, let's see what verse is it, verse 38. When she got a hold of it and she understood how it was going to happen, she said these words. She said, she said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. And then she said, be it unto me. According to your word, so be it in my life. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit breathed upon her and the immaculate conception was birthed within her, in her womb and the angel departed. But what she said, once she got a hold of how this was going to happen, this statement that she made just prior to the Holy Spirit coming upon her revealed her helpful heart. She said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. When you look at the original language, what she said to, in this, in this response to this amazing declaration over her life, she said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord. What she said, behold, the slave girl of God. She declared herself the servant and slave of God and his purposes in and through her life. She declared over her life that from this day forward, she would do nothing but serve God all the days of her life. And her endeavor was to fulfill God's purpose for her life. And basically what she was saying, from my heart to yours, I'm here to help do whatever you want to do in and through my life for your kingdom purposes. She was saying, in essence, what her son Jesus said just prior to his death, burial, and resurrection, when Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You see, I tend to believe that a lot of what Jesus learned in life didn't come just directly from God. It may have came through his mother, 
Mary right to him. And he grew in the things of God through the influence of his parents. And so we see Mary had a heart to help. In fact, there's not much known about Mary after this. Uh, just a couple of little glimpses. She's, she was there at Pentecost. And after that, we lose, uh, you know, any, any track of her historically. But when Jesus, before he really began his earthly ministry, if you go to John chapter two, they were attending a wedding and they ran out of wine. And you know what Mary, the helpful person did? She said, Hey, we can fix that. And she said, Jesus, do something. And in fact, he looked at his mother and said, wait, mom, my time is not yet. In other words, uh, you know, we've talked about this. Uh, there's a time for my ministry to begin. And mama said, well, it's time. And then she preached the shortest, but most impacting message, one line message that I think anybody's ever preached. She told him, said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. See, Mary had a helpful heart. And you know the story, Jesus turned the water into wine. His first recorded miracle happened because mama wanted to help somebody have a good wedding. She had a helpful heart. She was thinking about others. She had a servant's heart. And you know, when we study scripture, uh, in fact, we've looked at Joseph on a Wednesday night. He also had a servant's heart and, and, and God favored him. It's a great, uh, uh, a great study. We looked at that a couple of Wednesday nights ago. Uh, that was his heart too. Even in slavery, we find Joseph serving and helping. And what did God do with Joseph when he served and helped? God favored him. Everywhere he went as a servant, God favored him. And then, of course, Jesus. Jesus, uh, he came. In fact, what did Jesus say about his own life? I think in Mark, what he said, he said something along these lines. He said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? Serve and give his life a ransom for many. And then we see in Philippians, Paul record of Jesus' heart of service. He said this in the first chapter, I believe. Paul said, let this mind or this attitude be in you. The same one that was in Jesus who humbled himself and became a servant and, and, and even to the point of death. And then what does it say about Jesus? Therefore, God highly exalted him. Gave him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, Mary's heart was a helpful heart. She served her way into the favor of God and you and I need to understand that's the principle of God. That's what Jesus said. Whoever desires to be first shall be the slave of all. That's the way it is with us. If we want to find ourselves in another level of the favor of God, we've got to serve our way. We've got to, we've got to get a little heart transplant going on, get a little heart of Christ moving on the inside of us. And at the close of this service, I really believe God's going to help us do that. And so Mary had a servant's heart. And, and, and because of that, God highly favored her. In fact, the writer of Proverbs says this. It's a principle. It says in Proverbs 14, 35, the king's favor is toward a wise servant. Everyone say that. The king's favor is toward a wise servant. Say it again. The king's favor is toward a wise servant. And we see that principle in Jesus in his teachings. He was the, he was the master of servitude. What did he say? He didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. When you look at his teachings, he teaches this principle of faithful servitude that will produce the blessing and the favor of God in our lives. And 
He taught in parables in Matthew 24 and 25. In fact, Matthew 25, you, you don't need to turn there because of time, but Matthew 25, Jesus taught a parable. We call it the parable of the talents. If you remember the parable of the talents, it's a parable that teaches faithful service to God. You remember the one he gave, I think, five, and to one, two, and then to one, one, and they were all servants. They were not, they, they were just his slaves, his servants, and he went on a long journey, and he came back, the master did, and, and he, he, and each one gave an account, and the first one who he gave five had gone and done some, some wonderful shrewd business, and he had turned the five into ten, and what did the master say? He said, well done, thou good, and what? faithful servant. And the same with the two, he had turned two into four and the master said, well done thou good and faithful servant. And, uh, and, and because he had been faithful over what God put in his care. And then the one who had been given one, he had some excuses. He just went and hid his. And the master said, Hey, at least you could have put it in the bank and gathered interest. And you know the story. What was Jesus teaching? He was teaching this principle that we're talking about, faithful service to God and His purposes. He's teaching that uh, probably what He learned some from His mother Mary, that hey, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, if you want to be blessed, you're going to have to realize that you've got to be a faithful, helpful servant in, in your heart to God and His kingdom purposes. And so we learned some lessons. Let me just give you some quick lessons that you learned from this parable uh, from Jesus. Here they are. We are stewards of what belongs to another. How many of you realize that? All that you have, you're just stewards thereof. And from that parable, if we had time to look at it, we'd realize, hey, he just, he just put into our hand. Did you know my children and, and now my grandchildren, we're all just stewards of what God has put into our care. And he's looking to us. The second lesson you could learn from this, this parable that Jesus taught about having a helpful servant's heart is that there, that, that God rewards productivity. Isn't that exciting? Josh mentioned this in the, in his, uh, when he gave the offering, he said, you know, there's blessings for giving, but I don't give to get. I give because I want to bless God and I want to be like him. But there, we learned that, hey, when you are faithful, God will bless you back. Look at somebody and say, he'll bless you back. He really will. So we learned that, hey, we're stewards, that God rewards our productivity. And then another lesson you could learn, you and I could learn from that, is that God has high expectations over each of us. When he came back, he had an absolute expectation that, that, that what he had invested into his, into his servants would bring forth fruit. God expects us, listen carefully. If we want to move to another level of the favor of God and we want to have a heart of service, he expects us to be fruitful for him. And then, of course, the fourth thing we, we have to learn, though we would not certainly want to dwell on it too long, there's consequences if we don't. You know, if you read the end, there's something about outer darkness and bad things that, that are consequences for those who choose not to be faithful with what God has put into their care. And Mary carried within her heart a heart to help. She was a faithful steward of what God had put within her womb. 
And so I want to show you some things about Mary's heart this morning. Let's look at them quickly. A servant's helpful heart. Let's peek into the heart of Mary for just a moment because she had a heart to help, you know. And so uh, let's just define it a little bit. Number one, a servant's heart to help is a selfless and sacrificial heart. Understand something about Mary. She was engaged. How many remember those days, ladies? Nobody remembers. Beverly, we just had our anniversary. Come on. How many of you ladies remember the days of engagement? Oh, they were busy days, right? Oh, there's, there's decisions to be made. There's, there's invitations to print. There's dresses that need to be made. There's, there's, in, there's all kinds of things that need to happen. And Mary was heavy into the process. The printer had already begun printing. There's no printer back then, but. Somebody's off in a corner writing or something. The word's out. The seamstresses have gone to work. The, the, the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker are all busy about the business of preparing for Mary and Joseph's coming wedding. And if you know anything about Jewish weddings, they are a sight to behold. In a moment, all, cha- all plans change. In her heart, when she said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, she put her plans at the bottom rung. Just like her son did there in the garden when he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Understand something about the heart of a helper. It is selfless and sacrificial. And we see that in the life of Mary. We see that in her willingness to just lay it all down. But how many of you know, when she laid it all down, it doesn't mean that it was all laid down. But when she laid it down and she said, I'm willing to give it up. How many of you know, when you're willing to give up, God will give you back. We know that happened with Mary. Let me just give you a little definition of what I think real servitude is. It's Pastor Sam's little thought for for this moment. Genuine servitude could be defined as a selfless act of helping others for their benefit at our own expense. A selfless act of helping others for their benefit at our own expense. You know, I remember the story that Jesus told of the Good Samaritan. You know, there was someone by the road who was wounded and had been been robbed and beaten by thieves and the religious people walked by and other people walked by. But the good Samaritan who was kind of the low caste, was the low caste of the day, he stopped and helped and at his own expense, listen, took him and lodged him and gave money to help this person be healed and helped through their traumatic moment in life. Understand something about the heart of God and understand something about God's heart, his heart to help us. That's what Jesus did for us. He came and paid the price for us. Amen. Mary had a selfless and sacrificial heart that positioned her in a place where God could trust her and favor her. Uh, The second thing about uh, a servant's helpful heart, it's this, a servant's heart to help is a willing and obedient heart. You see, when she said, be it unto me according to your word, basically what she was, she was resigning herself to being willing to do it and obedient to follow through in every area of her life in order for God's purposes to be made manifest. 
You see, a lot of people say they're willing, but not near as many people are obedient to what God says for them to do. God's looking for the willing and obedient heart. In fact, Isaiah said this in Isaiah 1. He said, the willing and the obedient will eat the best of the land. How many of you know that's the favor of God? You see, a servant's helpful heart is a selfless and a sacrificial heart. It's a willing and obedient heart. But number three, a servant's heart to help is a happy and joy-filled heart. Somebody say amen. In fact, Matthew 24, Jesus talks about the, pardon me, about the priority of servitude. But I love what he says. Let me get back there and show it to you. Matthew 24, oh, verse 45. He's talking about faithful servitude. And he says then, he says this, who, who then is a faithful and a wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food and due season? Look in verse 46. This is Matthew 24. He said, blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Somebody say blessed. Oh, my goodness. The word blessed. When we think of blessed, I think we undershoot what God thinks when he thinks about blessed. Because this word blessed, when Jesus said, hey, a faithful steward, a faithful servant is someone who is blessed. Blessed is that servant. That word means supremely blessed. In other words, supernaturally blessed. You see, when God blesses you, come on, finish it. You are officially blessed. You know, we've been, Beverly and I are blessed. But when, when we began to move into God's blessing, we realized, uh-oh, we're moving into God's favor. We realize this is a supremely blessed moment in our life. There's a supreme blessing coming on. You see, when he, when Jesus said, blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find doing. He said he's supremely blessed. He's fortunate. He's well off. He's very happy. Somebody say very happy. Could I tell you, even on this Christmas weekend, as we move into the week of Christmas, I saw some of you coming in. I don't think I could define you as very happy. Some of you came in. I wondered, whoo, they're very something. I don't know what they are. Maybe this is the divine moment of opportunity for them. But I'm telling you, when you begin to get the heart of God, there's a blessing comes upon you. And the joy of the Lord comes upon you. You see, money will not provide you supreme blessing. It's not found in stuff. Some of the most troubled people on the planet are people who have everything they could think of at their disposal. But money finds them no joy. You see, the person who is extremely blessed, supremely blessed, is the person that has the heart. And when you look at Mary, when she met with Elizabeth a a few days later, and they're just having a Holy Ghost good time, Mary gets so excited, she bursts into song. It says she rejoiced in God. She was joy-filled. She was happy. And it happened because of her heart of service and sacrifice. Amen. Somebody say amen. And finally today, a servant's heart to help 
is an impacting and influential heart. Mary knew something about what God had called her to do. You see, remember, let me back up. Mary knew the promises of God for a, for a Messiah coming. Mary had read her Bible. Mary had read Isaiah that said that God will, from a virgin, God will bring forth the Savior of the world. Mary knew the moment that the angel came and told her what was going to happen. She realized, oh my goodness, OMG, I'm the chosen of God to fulfill the prophetic purpose of God to bring a Savior into the world. And she knew, listen carefully to me, because this is going to apply to all of us. She knew that she was carrying the Savior of the whole world within her womb. She had the joyous opportunity to do that because of her heart of service and sacrifice. You see, when you look at the lives of, of, of the biblical examples we've given, uh, you know, Joseph, Mary, and even Paul, and then of course Jesus, those people who had a real sacrificial heart to lay it all down for his kingdom purposes and said, not my will, but your will be done. All of them had, had generational, influential, long-lasting impact in the world. I don't know about you, but I'm getting older. Come on now. I said, I don't know about you, but I'm getting older. I'm having to think about things I never thought about before. And what I don't want to happen in my life is to not make a big difference in the world. If you and I can embrace this mindset that Mary had, we'll outlive our lives. Come on now. We'll outlive our lives. And our influence can go on and on and on and on. I've got three grandchildren and one on the way. Hopefully some more. Somebody pray for Nathan. Lord help him, Jesus. I want my influence to not be forgotten in some graveyard somewhere along the way. Mary's life, hey, we're talking about her this morning. In fact, when she, when you read her, when you read her song that she sang, she knew. She said, through me, all the generations are going to be blessed. Not through her, but what was coming through her. She knew her life would have generational impact. That's important to think about. Now let me, let me, let me bring it from Mary's heart to ours. From Mary's heart to yours. I want to read you this statement. And I want you to do your best to digest it here. It says this. The intervening events of that first Christmas morning were one great big miraculous expression of God's heart to help humanity find their way back to Him. To accomplish His task, He chose a young woman named Mary who also carried His heart to help within hers. 
It's no difference for us today. Mary carried the heart to help within her. God's plan for the whole world. You see, Christmas was not about a baby. Christmas was about the world being saved. In fact, remember what I put myself there and it overwhelms me. In the temple, eight days after the birth of our Lord, Simeon, a just and devout man, held the baby Jesus in his arms. And he says, I've seen the salvation of the world. What about you? What about me? What about our life? Do we have a heart to help? To do our part for the world around us? To experience the salvation of the world? What about you in 2013? We're about there, ladies and gentlemen. What about you this holiday season? What about me? You see, this message of Mary puts Christmas in the right context. It's about the whole world meeting Him. And on that first Christmas morning, when heaven intervened into the affairs of men, and Jesus was born, plan of God began to unfold. And we, just like Mary, have the responsibility to have the heart of Jesus to help a world know Him. This morning as we close this service, we close this series, as we've looked into the heart of Mary, who was highly favored, who found the favor of God in her life. She had built a life that God could trust. She had lived a life, some people think she may have still been a teenager. You're never too young to make a big impact in the world. Let's stand together. Let's ask God to give us the same heart. This holiday season, it's not about you. Everyone say, it's not about me. It's about those who have yet to name the name of Christ. Who need our help. Who need us to be willing to sacrifice and lay our plans down for His plan. who need us to be willing to say it's not about me. Christmas is about those who do not know Him. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. If you're here today, 
you've never met Jesus personally. He's the hope of the world. He's the Savior of the world. If you're here today and you've never invited Him into your heart, all you have to do is believe that He came and lived and died for you. Have faith in that truth that He rose again so you could have new life. You see, you don't have to walk an aisle to be saved. You don't even have to confess your sin to be saved. That comes after you have faith. For the Bible says, if you believe, you'll be saved. You don't have to clean up before you come up. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you can say, Preacher, I've never really given my life to Christ, but in this holiday season as we celebrate the birth of our Lord, I want to be born again. I want Jesus to be birthed into my heart. I want to be His child. If that's you today, wherever you are, lift your hand wherever you are and say, That's me, Preacher. Today I want to ask Christ to come into my heart. I choose to believe Him. Anyone here, just lift your hand and just hold it up till I see it. Anyone? Secondarily, if you're here today and you've made that commitment at some point in your past, but you've lost the heart to serve, you've begun to think it's about you and you've forgot about the fact that the reason He saved you is not just to get you there, but to get other people there. And if you're here today and you've kind of lost your way, you can say, Pastor, today I want to yield myself again and say, nevertheless, not my will, but His will be done. Lift your hand wherever you are. Amen. Amen. Father, today, as we celebrate your birth, we follow you. For you said, if you'll follow us, you'll make us into fishers of men. And so today in this holiday season, we don't just celebrate your birth, Lord. We celebrate your Lordship. And Lord, let it be in us, the heart of a helper. To help others come to know you. To be the light of the world. To be salt and light. Father, as we gather with family and friends, may the light of Jesus pour through our hearts. May we find ourselves humbly serving our family and friends, shining the light of Jesus into their hearts. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for Mary who provided us such a wonderful example. And for this peek into her heart over these past few weeks, that have helped us and led us to a place of finding new levels of the favor of God in our life. We love you today. We give you all the praise. I'm going to ask you as we close today, as Mary did there with her family member Elizabeth, let's just rejoice in God for a few moments. Let's just open up our hearts and our voices and just begin to thank Him. Bless Him and rejoice in Him. We love you today, Lord. We bless you today, God. 
We love you, Jesus. Give us the heart to help, Lord. Give us a heart to serve you, Lord, and to serve our fellow man and to serve our church family. Sacrifice our will for your will. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. Let our life make a big difference in the earth. Not just a a fleeting moment, Lord, but God, let our lives outlive our lives because of your heart within us. In Jesus' name.